The IDP Pros podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com backslash pool. That's birddogs.com backslash pool. The IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. We are back with the IDP Pro Managers Pod. The last day of June 2023. This is our episode 18, I do believe. And we'll be doing some AFC North stock reports here with me as always, before we get into that, Gary back from vacation. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing great, man. I'm really, I'm really kind of refreshed. You know, it's, I needed that little lull and got another one coming up. We're going to go to the expo next month. We'll see each other there. That's pretty cool. Another little lull, but I doubt very much. There's a lot of rest going on there. Yeah, it'll be nice to meet some people in person and sit down and talk as opposed to doing everything virtually. It's a lot easier in person to do that stuff than through a computer. And if you guys didn't catch the Bob Lung Expo, uh, man, the Hall of Fame stories about water painting and and such. If you haven't caught those, man, go catch them on YouTube or anywhere you can catch your uh podcast because it's really cool the advice that he gives for not only the fan but for content creators and he gives some really good advice like the mingling part being a part of some of these uh little get-togethers that they have and and things so that uh, you get to know everybody in the industry and uh you know mingling never hurts when it comes to uh broaden your horizons in the industry that's right so that'll be coming up uh, around the 8th of august But we got plenty of shows in between now and then for you to keep you up to date on the IDP news around the league. And we're going to jump into some of that right away here. Starting off, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that, among others, Colts kick returner Isaiah Rogers has received an indefinite suspension for violating the league's gambling protocol. Colts have waived him. There was another Colt that was involved, at least one more. There might have been two. But there were four names overall that received any sort of suspension, one of them received a six-game suspension. I think he was a Panthers lineman. Um, He wasn't gambling on the NFL, but just gambling on sports Mm -hmm. in the facility. So plenty of this coming down, and hopefully the players start learning that to just stay away from gambling on the NFL or maybe just in general how much money they're making in the league. But we'll see how things play out in the future with that. Ian Rappaport reports that Patriots cornerback Jack Jones posted bail and pled not guilty to the gun-related charges that we spoke about last week. Patriots signed linebacker Juwan Bentley to a two-year extension through 2025. Cardinals defensive back Isaiah Simmons told reporters that moving forward, he will be a defensive back. And in related news to that for the fantasy football world, it matters a lot to us here. Gary Davenport, a longtime IDP pro over there on Twitter that you can find him. He's on Draft Sharks and all over the place, really. Said that Isaiah Simmons on MFL is going to be moved to safety. David Collins is moving to defensive end. I know over on Sleeper, they both sort of have that dual designation, so it's mm-hmm. going to all depend on where you go. But for MFL, which is still popular amongst people with very detailed leagues, Simmons will be a safety and Collins will be a defensive end. How does this change anything about them, if it does at all, Gary, moving forward for this year? Oh, it's just really interesting to see uh, Simmons marked down as a defensive back safety in MFL, considering... But, I mean, you got to be pretty excited if you already had him on your roster, you know. And I, I got a feeling that his stock is going to start climbing for a defensive back slash linebacker on sleeper. I know I jumped on him on a best ball just recently. Uh, he hadn't lasted until the – I think I got him in maybe the third round in just for that dual designation. So, it sounds like he's – uh locked and loaded and ready to go. I mean, you kind of lose a little bit of positional value considering how many defensive backs there are 
but we have to assume, especially with dual designations, that in, in some places that his value increased there. I think that if places that have dual designation, it's going to be nice just because it provides you that flexibility. You don't have to drop guys as much for bye weeks and things like that when you can move them around. Simmons did play a lot of defensive back in college. That's what he was primarily, but you know he played sort of that some systems call it the Joker role. I don't know what they do specifically at Clemson, but you know where you play all over the field, played some slot corner, played some linebacker, and it's sort of the same thing they had him trying to do later on in Arizona there. I think that it makes sense for them to see what they're going to get out of him. I don't think they picked up his option, but I think he's going to be a free agent after this year. And they've already invested in him to this point. See what you can get out of him. Maybe you can respond if you like what you're doing there. Because it seems like they still have an unsettled defensive back position. There's still those rumors about trying to move on from Buda Baker. It would leave another safety spot open next to Thompson. Simmons is still young. He's super athletic. He just hasn't figured it out as a linebacker completely. But if he has that positional versatility where he could, you know, still play some linebacker and, you know, slot corner and all that, it's fine. And Zayvon Collins is interesting. When he was drafted, I never thought he was a true linebacker, you know, like an inside guy like they tried playing him as. So I think he does fit better on the outside there. Got good size. Towards the end of his college career, he showed a little bit of that pass rushing prowess. But I think he's going to have to step that up at the NFL level to truly have value as a defensive end because the tackles will be there. It's just will those big plays be there for him is the question. I I like him. He'll develop. We'll know by midseason. If we've got anything to look forward to for the following season, you know, getting them up in the ranks as a defensive line play. We'll, we'll know about half season, I think. If he turns it on towards the end of the season, it's a little bit late to sit there and really project him as any kind of deal one or upper deal, too. So we'll, we'll probably be right where we are right now next time, uh, if that's the case. But he might surprise us. He might, he might shock us. I mean, he's, it's a good opportunity. Yeah, and that Arizona defense is probably going to be on the field quite a bit this year with that offense. Of course, Kyler Murray is probably not playing a lot to start the year, and we'll see if he plays at all. They're doing a complete rebuild, or at least they're working towards when they're in Arizona. So it is going to be an experience for that team that they really weren't hoping to have to go through again here after they sort of went through one getting Kyler and all that. But speaking of experiences... Have you experienced a pair of bird dogs yet? Well, bird dog shorts look good on everyone. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they feel and fit so much better than regular shorts. You know the ones that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a much slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long ain't that a huge bonus fellas our guys get dogged enough so why not give the sweaty fellas the fit feel and the bird dogs they really need this summer just head over to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free yeti style tumbler and the idp pros promise that you'll never want to take your bird dogs off unless you get another pair of course well, as I mentioned earlier on, we're continuing our traversing through the divisions of the NFL and kind of giving a stock up, stock down on players that are veterans of the league. We're really trying not to mention rookies because, of course, we've heard about them ad nauseum, even at this point in the year. And there's a lot that remains to be seen with them. But we're going to start with the AFC North this week, and the Bengals are going to be up first. Bengals are in an interesting situation. You know, they're very close to making the Super Bowl for a couple of years here and winning. Got to get over that hump. Defense, they've shaken things up a little bit by an infusion of some talent and some older guys moving on. First guy up on our list here is Dax Hill. So he played cornerback and safety there at Michigan, played some slot last year for the Bengals. They moved on from Von Bell and Jesse Bates. They have Nick Scott is the other one. The veteran that they had signed from the Rams and then Jordan Battle they drafted. I believe it was in the third round. How are you feeling about Dax Hill here? First round pick just last year. Besides Michael Thomas and some guys that's been deaf for a long time. I'm on mute. Nope. I mean, he's all of a sudden a veteran in the room, really. He's the Bengal secondary veteran in the room. For Everything is pointing to 
him having a major role in this whole situation. He's the only guy coming in that had any starting experience, which was only like 14% or something of the snaps on defense last year. Uh, he only started a couple of games, if I remember right. He did have a under, it was only like a five or 6% tackle miss rate, but that's not a big sample. But considering his entire situation coming in with Jesse Bates and uh, Von Bell moving on, he's hair apparent um nick scott i mean you know he's not bringing a huge amount of anything to the table uh you have jordan battle sitting there i think he gets a nice shot to try to shine but he'll probably end up landing where dax hill did last year at this point though i mean it's going to be tough to say what kind of production we're going to get out of him he's sitting there listed as free safety and some i see some talking about him you know playing a universal role more into the box, you know, because of the Nick Scott situation. Because uh, I do believe Nick Scott was more of a free safety from the Rams, to be truthful. So it's not saying that they can't, you know, uh, intertwine in this system. But when it comes to Dax Hill, you know, I'm going to slap a DB2 on him and take a nice flyer at him. But considering what we did see out of Bates after they redeveloped the front line with Trey Hendrickson, uh, Sam Hubbard, uh, they got B.J. Hill on there, another guy we're going to be talking about. It's kind of hard for me to really fall super in love and say, hey, go spend some real stock on this guy. He's a guy that's been sort of forgotten about. I think the safeties in general are in a lot of drafts because mm-hmm. there's unknown variables, how they're going to play out, the usage that they're going to get. And I think you're probably going to see all three of them have games throughout the year. I have right. a hard time seeing any one of them right now just sort of coming out of the gate and just being the guy that you want to have here. I think it's going to be some rough sledding all around if you're just counting on one of them throughout the whole year. Brothers, an NFL player, Justice Hill, I think he's still with the Ravens. So, you know, he knows a little bit about the NFL life before he's getting there. They're going to give him a shot. He was a first-round pick. Just where are they playing them, and then what does he do with Mm -hmm. it? So considering Jordan Battle, I've seen go higher than him in some spots just because he's the new guy in town and all that. Right. The Um, shiny name. Yep, that's how it goes. Yeah. You mentioned Trey Hendrickson, though. You know, they, not that we're going into it, but they drafted a rookie decently high, Miles Murphy, um, to sort of be that third edge guy there. Hendrickson's contract is coming up here soon for dynasty purposes. But, I mean, how are you mm-hmm. feeling about him with the Bengals here overall? Because it seems like Sam Hubbard's still the main guy there. He doesn't get you the big splash plays, but he's more consistent with the tackles and gets you a tackle for a loss and a sack where Hendrickson through his career has been mainly just a big play guy. Uh, And we were actually expecting a lot more consistency out of Hendrickson last year with Dax Hill being my stock up guy. And that's a tough way to go. You can't really go stock up with anybody, maybe BJ Hill, which we'll be talking about in a deeper format. So I wanted to be clear. That's why a, Basically, breakout call or a sleeper all over the place with Dax Hill. You know, he's stock up in standard leagues because if he hits as a DB, he should hit hard. But, you know, the odds aren't there. The Trey Hendrickson, he kind of took a step back at his second year with the Bengals. And yeah, I believe his uh, contract's up after this season. So they brought in this rookie. I have to say at this point, considering what his stock looked like at this point heading into last year, definitely in standard leagues, he's stocked down. Um, he's probably still a good, you know, solid rotational guy or somebody you might want to get on your roster as a DL2, nah, not really, DL3 possibly, you know, bi-week injury guy. Uh, the perfect matchup, watch your start-sit charts, stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not feeling him. Rotating right over into B.J. Hill since I mentioned that, I think we've talked about B.J. Hill on some of the other shows at this time. Um, I'm not really seeing – I'm in a best ball right now. Of course, it's kind of in pause, but I'm not really seeing B.J. Hill's ADP move up much yet. Are you in on the B.J. Hill? I'm in on him as a a deep bench guy, or if you're in a defensive tackle into your lineman league, certainly he has a lot more value there. But just the way that we've seen these – designations in a lot of places of course it depends on where you play just spread across so there's more flexibility there's a lot more guys like in sleeper that have defensive line eligibility that's just going to push him down farther if you're talking mfl you're probably having true positions and maybe even some of those defensive tackle required leagues so uh, yeah he certainly has more value there because he's shown the past two years with cincinnati 
since he came over from the Giants to have value, not only getting you a couple big plays, but he's getting you nice tackles, which is what I look for when I'm trying to get a defensive tackle that's not Mm -hmm. one of the top guys. If they can get me three to four tackles a week, I'm probably going to be happy with that out of a defensive tackle that I'm just picking up. And he's proven to be that or a little bit better each week. So, yeah, I mean, he's probably something that should be talked about more at this point. And consistency, we talk about that in IDP like crazy, all right? And exactly what Craig was talking about. I mean, if you have deeper formats or if you're looking for something, you you can get that two to three tackles out of an interior defensive lineman, D-tackle play. That is so much more valuable than maybe getting that guy that you do see sneaks in and gets a – gets a sack every six game and maybe one or two pressures or, you know, some backfield uh, tackle for losses. That that defensive tackle position uh, has to be one of the most consistency-dependent positions, in my opinion, if you're going to have any success of just stability. Well, that sort of relates to the next guy you have up here. And just to correct myself from before, Trey Hendrickson has one more year left, so he's a free agent after 2024. They could get out of that deal pretty easily if they wanted. But DJ Reader, the next guy up here, also on the defensive line, he is a free agent after this year. And since he came over from the Texans, he's just had a hard time staying on the field. You know, the first year in 2020, played five games, didn't do much. He got hurt. I think it was a pretty significant injury, if I remember. 2021, he had a decent year. I mean, nothing to write home about. Um, he's more of a, a space eater type of guy than he is just a guy that's going to blow your doors off as a defensive tackle, but he hasn't met what they sort of signed him for after the 2019 season in Houston when he had 52 combined tackles, six tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. The closest he got was 2021, and then last year was just a down year, too. He only played 10 games. He is, if you're thinking about back to you know a couple of years ago, the bigger name out of the few, but B.J. Hill has surpassed him at this point pretty clearly. Oh, yeah. Well, they kind of got D.J. Reader at the end of his prime there and then he turned around got hurt i think what last year so but you know he's a good solid veteran yeah you have to uh, you have to start leaning towards hill don't forget about reader though don't forget about reader ideally you'd you know have the two of them on the field next to each other and that would really help out the linebackers and even Mm -hmm. those defensive ends whoever's playing as far as getting those extra blockers and that help off of them if the two of them can eat up space and take on those blockers The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite Major League Baseball and College Baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So parlaying off of that, man. So Dax Hill, BJ Hill, I'll tell you what, we're going to have the BC Classic Satellite Leagues coming out for the breast cancer awareness. Get into the main league next year. So they're free to enter. We're just going to ask you to make a donation. If you don't, you don't, you know, just join in. It's all about IDP and bringing out the awareness for breast cancer anyhow. But B.J. Hill and Dax Hill, man, if you're in some all-IDP best ball or in a blended league or something and you're looking at somebody that you uh, like to get a good ADP on, you can get these guys way later. And you might be surprised on uh, in some best balls how they're going to really help out your roster this year. Scott, Jordan Battle, I'll pick one for me. Would, if you have to sit here and you're throwing a dart at one of them to actually succeed for the entire season and be worth something next to Hill, who you got? I'm picking the guy that they just paid a decent amount of money to, a kind of a surprising amount of money to me to come over from the Rams with Nick Scott. You know, he's sort of improved over his time there with the Rams. Um, I was mm-hmm. surprised that the Rams let him go, given the problems that they have seemingly with their defensive backs there right now. But last year he had 86 combined tackles, you know, 56 of them were solo. Didn't have a whole lot, but he had a couple big plays there. And quite frankly, he's going to be in a better situation where he's going to be in more competitive games because that offense, assuming everyone is healthy, of course, is going to be much better with the Bengals than what they were last year with the Rams. We've seen guys like Bates and Bell be productive there before. 
if you talk about, you know, sort of the veteran in the room, not the veteran with this team, but in terms of NFL playing time, he's going to be the veteran out of the perceived starters. So I don't see that they're going to rush Jordan Battle on the field. You know, Jordan Battle is one of those guys that can, to me, I saw him do everything well. He just wasn't a standout in anything, which is perfectly fine. You can make a great career in the NFL and be a fine fantasy player for it. But I think they're going to see how he fits in, and they're probably going to give these veterans as much as Hill is a veteran in year two. Mm. Him and Scott, I perceive, is probably the main starters for this year. So if I had to pick one to go with outside of Hill, it would be Scott. Probably avoiding both of them <laughs> in general. But, yeah, if, I, if I'm if i sitting there and tagging one, you got to go with the veteran and the guy just got paid. Just like I mean, it's just kind of a – sometimes you got to narrow it down past anything to just find a reason. Nick Scott, he could be viable. If When I see a depth chart like this, I wonder how John Johnson, a couple of these other maybe veterans that are out there, uh, are still free agents. Unless I miss it and John Johnson slid into a uh, role somewhere. No, he's still a free agent. As I was checking on him in one of my leagues this morning when I was going through waivers, he's still out there. Speaking of safeties, we're just going to slide right into the next team, the Browns. We're going in alphabetical order here through the teams by their team name, not their city. And that brings us to a safety that has uh, shown a lot since he has been hurt the very early part of his career here. Grant Delpit is a safety out of LSU. I think he's going into like year four maybe. Um, but for the Browns here, he's your standard size league trending upwards. So what are you liking about him, Gary? He's just got to be the favorite on this defense entirely, especially when you're looking at the what has to be considered the uh, – uh, standard stock down of the linebackers. Um, Grant Delpit, at least he's coming in with stability from last year in production and, and, and role. He's going to be probably taking over more of what John Johnson left uh, on the table, which John Johnson had a really nice season last year, considering I think it's a little bit overlooked of what that position can actually offer. But uh, Grant Delpit's name's out there. He is, he, is, he is hot. I mean, there's no reason for him not to be hot. That's why he's the uh, up, upside guy out of this. I'm more interested in these linebackers. Uh, I'm going to skip right over that. Grand Delta should be a DB1 if you're looking for one. Uh, another good baseball guy. Um, to another option. But with these linebackers, who do we have now? We got JOK. We got uh, Walker coming yep. off injury. Everybody's coming off injury. Taki Taki's coming off injury. Um, I don't even know if I want to really look at that roster. It's just, it's, it's been a disappointment. JOK is not quite lived up to the, you know, he's had, has some problems. And then when he bounced, come back last year, he didn't actually set the world on fire either, but we're not hundred percent sure that they actually opened the floodgates and gave him that complete opportunity either. Uh, Walker, you know, Walker had all kinds of people coming out of Indianapolis uh, playing alongside Leonard and such, and he had the experience, but he's not been able to stay healthy up there. Yep. I'm not even sure if he's had what we would call a LB1 game for a week, uh, to, to be honest about it. Uh, and then, uh, what's his name? Sony Tacky Tacky. I'm probably going to mess that name up. I apologize, but had him come in, and he was getting a lot of love, and he was actually doing pretty damn good for a couple of weeks last year when he stepped in for these guys. Looked pretty solid, looked good on film, not over par, but then he got hurt. So we're sitting here looking at this situation, and I've got I've got other writers, and, and I'm glad they did because I've had it in my mind. Who in the hell do you target if you are throwing a dart at this situation? The upside especially if you're looking at a redraft. I don't like JOK. I like JOK in a dynasty. Yeah. I still want to stick with him. But when it comes to this freaking redraft, man, what would you throw a dart at? If you was apparently probably going late. It would be Anthony Walker. I mean, if you look back at 2021, because last year, like you said, he was hurt a lot. He had games. I mean, I'm just going off a of combined numbers. 10, 6, 9, 10, 8. 14, 8, 8, 12, 3, 9, 9, 7. He doesn't mm -hmm. get you a whole lot for big plays, but, you know, in, especially in those good situations, he's going to be getting you tackles. And mm -hmm. he's had a couple of really high weeks there where he was probably, you know, in the linebacker one conversation. Can't expect that week in and week out. But the other thing I think we need to remember is that 
the Browns finally went out and tried to address that interior defensive lineman problems. Mm-hmm. They've sort of beefed that up. They got Tomlinson. They got some other guys. Of course, they added Zadarius Smith across from Miles Garrett to help with the pass rush. They're trying to fix the problem of teams just running up the gut on them. And I mm-hmm. think having better interior defensive linemen help is going to keep guys off of these linebackers to give them better opportunities. Now, are they going to perform with that? Who knows? You know, we'll have to see. But Walker's proven it for fantasy football. And with it, assuming he's going to be healthy and better defensive line play in front of him, it would be throwing a dart at Walker. I'm sitting there looking at Delvin Tomlinson and struggling between Juan Thornhill because I think we've mentioned Tomlinson before in some previous shows, maybe the best ball shows that we've just recently done about being a really good uh, deep stock up type of guy coming out of Minnesota. He was very impressive last year when he got back on the field after an early injury. Um, He had some high hopes coming out of New York. He looked good in New York with the Giants. Then he went to Minnesota, was, you know, had a lot of promise, just, this is a rough year, but he's solid, man. And he he looks good. He's uh, graded well. So make sure you uh, keep Dalvin Thomason on that speed dial. He's a, he's just another B.J. Hill, uh, basically, in my opinion, which we had already talked about. Um, he's, he's going to stock up. But I'm going to go with Juan Thornhill after you pretty well summed that up with the linebackers. I have nothing to add. Tacky tacky is nothing more than a dart throw, but he's a dart throw that I'm interested in just as much as Walker. But if I'm sitting there looking at him, you summed it up. You, you've got to kind of lean towards where that money and the experience and the most playing time. You know, he would, originally was the guy brought in. Tacky Tacky was the backup. So I completely, completely see that. Uh, Zadarius Smith, man, I love that addition on there. I'm not looking for a lot out of Jordan Elliott in there next to Thomas and myself. I know this is a great improvement on the inside of this line, but it doesn't always mean it's going to be a huge amount of production. What's it going to, right. what it's going to mean is it's going to be split up between three or four guys. Maybe it should be three it should be Smith should be uh miles Garrett, as we all know, and Dalvin Tomlinson. but what Juan Thornhill playing out there, that other free safety or safety position with uh grand Delpit. I'm interested in that there. He's, he's a deep stock up. Take that for what that's worth comes to a DB. He's not had a great time when he played with Kansas City, but none of the DBs do except for one each year out of the whole group. So that wasn't shocking that he didn't like kill it down there. So, but he's he's gonna have a good decent opportunity here. I mean, we did have Johnson and Delpit both played last year, and both of them could, you know, produced each week. So this could be a little bit interesting. How are you feeling about Jacob Phillips? I got him deep stock down. I, I just don't think that he's had, I think that he's had the opportunity to step up and take one of these roles, but they just keep pushing him down the depth chart. So I think it's, I've actually seen him taken off the board amongst the linebackers out of Cleveland. He's just someone that hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, he was, people had hope for him. He was a third round pick out of LSU in 2020. He was a really athletic guy. You know, sort of inject that into that linebacking core, and it just hasn't panned out. I mean, he's been in nine, four, and seven games total. And last year mm-hmm. in those seven games, he started for 46 combined tackles with two sacks, two tackles for a loss. That isn't bad for seven games. But if he mm-hmm. can't be on the field, it's not going to matter. And right. it seems like he's probably behind Walker and JOK. Now, we'll see if that actually plays out. Um He's a fine, you know, third linebacker for him, but you don't get much out of the third linebacker in that system. If he takes over for one of these two and he's healthy, sure, keep an eye on him for waivers, but I don't see the point in drafting him unless you're in the deepest of leagues. And we had uh, Axton on here, so thanks for tuning in. Axton said Walker's quad injury is quite a bit easier to return from than a knee injury per se. Opportunity and value is there, just a matter of performing once he returns. And that's how we feel about it, too. So thanks for watching, Axton. And we will be going into our next team, which alphabetically, if I could remember it, I think it is the Ravens. I have to go back to my school days of remembering my alphabet and not sing it out loud to you all. Hey, all you crazy IDP fans. We are hosting the IDP Pros Breast Cancer Awareness Giveaway, where you can win a Roquan Smith Baltimore Ravens jersey. All you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization. 
and post the pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPROS. The drawing will be held on August 24th. Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or on any of your favorite IDP Pros accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP Pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right, the dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains, featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. All of the SGPN Fantasy Football podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your leagues. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. We want to thank you for all watching us over live on YouTube. Make sure you smash that subscribe button, hit like on there. And while you're there, tune on notifications so you're getting all the great content from SGPN popping up on your feed. Moving into the Ravens here, Gary got an interesting name here that some people aren't even going to be familiar with an IDP because a lot of people don't pay attention to cornerbacks. But Rocky Sin, someone that you had mentioned here on your list for a potential guy. What the hell? No! I don't know, man. I slip up every once in a while. But, I mean, I kind of put him on here on our list, and I got a question mark by him. You know, I'm looking into this. Is this dude going to be starting? Because we've seen both of these corners in the past and the same seasons actually be the producers amongst the secondary, the better producers. So, I, I mean, granted, he is not Humphreys or Peters. I mean, is he the heir apparent? Because I'm not personally sold that out of the secondary Kyle Hamilton, which we're going to talk about in a deeper, as far as I'm concerned, is more of a deeper stock up after last year's performance and no proof that he's going to be able to be the DB1 top five guy that everybody really wants coming out of Baltimore. So I am more interested if I'm looking for a cornerback. What do you think about Roxanne, man? It's weird that, you know, he's been in a situation where they've needed cornerback help. The mm-hmm. Colts through his career, that's where he started. Then he moves with the Raiders last year. His rookie year was his best year in terms of tackle production, which is what you're looking out of a cornerback. And maybe playing in a secondary with just better guys around him than he's had at either one of these positions will funnel more of that towards him because out of the two, you're probably throwing if you have a choice. Not that this is just the way that NFL offenses think, but – Marlon Humphrey is probably going to have better coverage on the guy that he's defending overall compared to Rocky SN. Safeties, you know, Williams has had a nice career. There's a lot of hype that you mentioned around Hamilton. There's probably going to be a little bit more towards Rocky SN. It's just how well is he going to hold up and is he going to hold on to that job as opposed right. to some of those other cornerbacks that are available out there. So he probably should be going higher than he is. I just have a hard time investing at him at this point before right. we really see it. And when it's cornerback, it's easy to overlook. But if you're looking for one, and hey, you know, I, I mean, if he hits, he could hit. Because I, I can tell you, if I was an opposing quarterback or the offensive uh, uh, coordinator and I'm looking at uh, passing at him or Humphrey, it's a no-brainer in which direction you're going to go. I, I think it's kind of kind of easily, easily done there. So you, you can imagine like Cincinnati and him, he'll be on Higgins, right? I would have to think so. Whoa. So anyhow, that sounds like a good time to at least plug him in if he yeah. if he indeed is starting. So let's roll with Kyle Hamilton again. I love the guy. I love that he's he showed up last year. He's doing all right. I'm reading some reports. He's trying to get better at communicating and taking on a bigger role this year. I'm still not sold on the fact, you know, I mean, I do believe he's compared to what he gave us last year in deeper format. Sure. He's stock up because he's going to be a bigger integral part of a three safeties rotation more than likely. But as long as they have Patrick queen in front of him and Roquan Smith sitting here, he just signed a huge contract. I am having a really hard time at this moment. As long as this roster stays as it is, 
thinking that Kyle Hamilton is coming in and doing the same thing and is automatically a top 10 producer at DB. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. We've covered him before, so sometimes I'll take it for granted in the back of my head when I'm talking to you, Craig. Apologize. Marlon Humphrey, you know, we're talking about him, and we was talking about Roxanne being up. I got a question mark on Marlon Humphrey. You know, he's kind of aging. He's fell off. He's he's not quite the guy that we were seeing in the past. Injuries are definitely a big part of that. As a guy that might be interested in cornerback, you still have interest in Humphrey, or is he getting stocked down now in deeper formats? I mean, it's probably stocked down just because, you know, there isn't another great cornerback like, you know, Peter's across from him had been prior in his career and it doesn't seem like they're going to need to use Humphrey in the same way you know he had been used similarly at times and across some seasons to Jalen Ramsey prior where you know he could just be a chess piece across the field you could play him at cornerback you could play him at safety move him up to get tackles I don't think he's really if they're healthy going to need to do that as much anymore which is going to take away some of his value um, having that and being labeled as a cornerback, if you're in the cornerback required league, is awesome. You know, it's sort of like a cheat code. He's probably going to be used more as just a cornerback now with the safeties that they have there. So, I mean, for me, it's a little bit of a stock down when you include injuries and age on top of that. Well, before I get to getting your opinion about the uh, two edge rushers, young guys, yeah, I want to talk about Patrick Queen a little bit about possibly being a stock down in standard leagues. So here's my thinking on this, do we really believe Patrick Queen is going to be a Raven next year alongside Roquan Smith after he just got paid? You got Kyle Hamilton and all this. Will Patrick Queen, even if he matches last year's numbers, which was astonishing getting put in next to Smith and getting a full-time role, which the Baltimore has never done with their two inside linebackers for quite some time, Patrick Queen, not a Raven. Is he good enough to go in and be that guy that he just couldn't quite be here at Baltimore? Could he be that somewhere else? I guess what I'm thinking in Dynasty Standard Leagues, I'd like him in redraft this year, but when it comes to Dynasty, he's sliding down on my board a little bit because I'm a little bit concerned. He's going to probably not inherit the middle linebacker position for any team. He's probably going to be a weak side kind of like guy. Everybody can see he was kind of playing. He he could not shed the blocks. He's not a run guy. He's not a hole-stopping, all-around dude, in my opinion. He, he's more of what I see, and I think more of a sideline-to-sideline coverage guy. I think I would be his next role. You, unfortunately, that doesn't always come with a bunch of combined tackles. It comes with more of a, kind of a LB2 numbers. If I have him, he's probably a hold with the hopes that he goes to a team and gets that three down role as the main guy. But like you said, with what we've seen out of him in Baltimore, it doesn't seem like that's probably going to be his future unless some big light switch flips on and he gets it figured out. Um, they had to bring in all sorts of guys. It was Josh Bynes and I think like Chris Board. I mean, oh, they yeah. had some guys that just knew the system and knew how to lead the defense from the middle and they moved Queen to the, uh, like you said, the weak side there. And that's why they went and got Roquan because they could, mm -hmm. and he's just so much better. So I think Queen's probably gone next year, and if you have him, yeah, hold him, hope that he gets to a great spot. But I don't have a whole lot of hope for being what we thought he might be when he got drafted there for fantasy. So Kyle Hamilton is the guy that I'll be interested in more next year than I am right now if Queen is gone. Add that in there. Oh, way and Ojo Boa. No? Well, how am Ojabo. I saying that wrong? David Ojabo. Okay, so we got, I think it was a former first round, second round, maybe second round and third round guys. These guys are still young. They've only been in the league for a couple, two, three years. They're moving up the depth chart, going to be playing across from Bowser, which Bowser's a good guy. On, on film, he's a, he's a great role player. He's a great solid contributor for their starters but he's not a huge producer for IDP. So if we were looking for one of these, uh, just looking here off the top, I like looking at ESPN because it's funny at times, but at the same time, I think it's a little bit more accurate than uh, some of the others at this point in time of the year. But they have Oway in there uh, as one of the outside rushers across from Bowser. Any interest here in any of the, or either one of these guys, I think, I think Owe might be getting the lean on because he was the most recent draft pick. Oh, no, he's the first rounder, 2021. 
Been hurt yeah, so, a lot. Yeah, Owe is a guy that uh, incredible physical talents coming out of college. But even in college, he did not get home a lot. He got a lot of pressure, but he just couldn't finish the plays, whether it's you know a lot of tackles for a loss, a lot of sacks. Haven't seen a whole lot out of him at the NFL level. I mean, he's hasn't started much, but he's played well, you know, 15 and 17 games. But it's been a rotational thing because they've brought guys in since they the Ravens have felt they were contending, like Jason Pierre, Paul last year. They got Justin Houston the past two years, you know, veterans that can – be in there and provide that presence. Yeah, I, out of the two, long-term, I like David Ojabo more because he's a guy that if he hadn't gotten injured, I think he's probably closer to a top 10, top 15 pick in that draft than a guy that falls to the second round. But, you know, you see last year, first year in the league, he only played in two games because uh, he's coming back from that injury. And we'll see how much closer he is back to full health but he's the one that I like more out of the two long-term. And for me, I'm not taking a big shot on either one of them just because of that tradition they've had there of not getting what they want out of these guys and then not being afraid to go get that veteran help for a team that, quite frankly, is going to have you know Super Bowl plans in their minds with the talent that they have with Lamar Jackson at quarterback and getting those wide receivers in there and some of these other pieces around them. So I think you're playing with a little bit of fire if you're planning – on any of these guys just to be the main outside linebacker edge rusher for him. Definitely just talking deep ball here. What's that? Your computer has another virus? Well, my friend, you need help to stop your obsession with the dirty O. All of this searching for air yards and yards after catch and blah, blah, blah. Stop your dirty O obsession by searching for the IDP Pro Players Podcast instead and focus on the other side of the balls. I mean ball. The crew on the IDP Pro Players Podcast care about you and your technology by holding true to their no dirty O mantra. Every week, Gary and John bring you the IDP content you need to save your rosters and dominate your league while avoiding the dirty O. So save your technology by tuning into the IDP Pro Players Podcast with your longtime and totally unoffensive veteran hosts, Johnny the Greek and Gary the IDP Tipster. Follow them on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. That's going to lead us into the last team here in this division, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Standard League heading up. You got Alex Highsmith here, who had a really nice season last year. And there's, I don't think he got that long term contract yet. I may be mistaken, mm. but they're looking at. Maybe getting him a long-term one there. Gary, how are you feeling about him next to or across from TJ Watt, rather? Well, this year, if he's not been paid, love it. Love it. I, I, I love that he finally kind of started hitting home last year. Hadn't been a huge IDP fan of his. You know, it's just been kind of waiting, lingering, and it's always been the TJ Watt show up there. So it's kind of hard and Hayward. So uh, Hayward's getting, you know, long in the tooth. And then you got uh, Watt can't stay on the field all the damn time. So, yeah, I, I don't like him. Like uh, I see him getting taken off the board. I think it's a little higher than I still prefer. I think I'd like to see another year before I go kind of thinking that this guy's going to have some long-term DL1 or edge rusher high ceiling upside yet. Uh, I, I'm just, there's enough of them coming out. We have good, good, decent edge rushers in the, in the rookie classes. And I'm more interested in them. I just not a huge fan. I don't trust it yet. I'd like to see where he ends up at and, and like to see him continue this kind of, uh, kind of performance he did last year again. I mean, I think that's fair. We've seen guys before have one big season, especially because other players on the team are out and then they aren't able to, I won't say repeat having success, but maybe up to that same level. And that's something we got to remember as fantasy managers all the time. There's very few guys that are going to remain season to season at a very high level of play. You're going to have dips up and down. And if you're drafting someone at their highest point over the course of their three seasons in a league, there's a good chance they probably aren't repeating that or exceeding that. And value-wise, it probably isn't the best proposition to put your money on. Cameron Hayward kind of got to go stock down. I mean, the guy's still coming back. 
but it's standard leagues age. I mean, the guy's got to be 46, 47 years old or something. <laughs> I don't know. Grant, close. I'm getting, getting him in redrafts. Of course, you know, uh, uh, just not at that top level anymore. Guess in a deep format, we're stuck at looking at safety KZ as stock up. And I don't mean to knock on the guys in stuck because I'm re- referring to more of whoever's going to play that s- strong safety position in place of Edmonds. They're going to outperform what Edmonds middled in as a DB2 at best. Uh, most years, not even that. I don't think. Uh, I mean, he, he he's normally on waiver wires in a lot of formats, yeah. uh, even some deeper ones. So are we looking at anything out of Kazee? Can things change? Uh, I know we have the linebacker situation in front of him. Uh, we'll get to that momentarily. But, I mean, can KZ actually do something in the box? He could. I'm not banking on it. I mean, out of the guys that they have there to try to slot in next to Fitzpatrick, Ken O'Neill's had more success sort of in that strong safety linebacker type role that if they need that help, I'd rather take a flyer well after the fact of some of these other guys going and maybe even off of waivers, just pick up Keanu O'Neill because we've seen him do that in Dallas before, mm-hmm. did it in uh, Atlanta when he was there. So, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. And, you know, because he might be named the starter, but depending on how things go, he might not even get the majority of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Sort of a mess next to Fitzpatrick. But if you're getting him for free and he's going to be a starter and he's going to be getting you, you know, some tackles out of there, it's not the worst thing in the world if you're looking for depth, but not someone I'd want to start at all. Let's see. And then that leads me to my, well, o- Ogan Joby, which only the deepest D gens might even know about. This is a defensive tackle. He came from New Orleans. He's inserted there next to Hayward. He's just basically, I think, kind of been a bust in anticipation that he was going to do much last year. And I'm not really excited about him this year. I usually give these breakouts and flyers. If you've ever known me from the past, I've done it with all my breakouts, any breakout call I've ever had. If they don't work out for whatever God reason they did not, I don't jump right back on their bandwagon the next year. I make them prove it to me. I've got I got rule of thumbs that I stick by. So, man, I I just don't think that this guy is going to work out up here to any point to to sit here and suggest that uh, even even in a best ball he's worth a stash. So in a deep format, I've got to go down. The one thing I'll say about Larry, you know, there's a lot of excitement off the year that he had in 2021. He had a foot injury late in the year that ended up costing him that contract that he had a big contract ready to be signed with Chicago. He had a decent year in terms of tackles last year, and he was still banged up a lot last year. Like He, he played through continued problems with that foot. He had a back injury in October. He missed a game because of a knee injury. You know, He just didn't have a great year there. Um, he wasn't able to mm-hmm. replace Stephen Tewitt like they wanted him to. If he's healthy... You know, they liked it enough what they saw to bring him back. I think he could outperform what people are expecting, especially if the defense as a whole is healthy. I mean, you have Highsmith and Watt out there getting pressure. Hayward's still going to be able to if he's not the focal point with teams teeing off on him. I think mm-hmm. he could get more out of Larry Ogunjobi than what people are expecting. But at the same time, he's still, again, unless you're in a defensive tackle required deep league, Probably not someone you're drafting, probably some more to keep an eye on and make sure, hey, he does have that role. All right, he's healthy. He's starting to perform. You know, have that on your list of waiver guys to keep an eye on. So rolling off of that into Roberts and Holcomb, uh, the two linebackers signed. I think we've kind of drove this into, you know, oblivion in the past and some other shows. But we're going to recap again. Personally, if I if I'm dipping into this pool of players from this linebacker core, I'm just going to go with Roberts and be done with it. Uh, I love that Holcomb has managed one year out of the last four or five years in Washington to actually be relevant as a true linebacker. One, I mean, I think it was like uh, what 2021. He was like a he was a hit. He was a, he was he was just perfect. But all the other times, you can't stay on the field. So uh, I'm not excited to see this in Pittsburgh. If I'm throwing a dart, I'm going Roberts. How do you feel about Holcomb? Or if Cole Holcomb's healthy, 
which is the big if. We know that applies to literally every NFL player. But even if everyone's completely healthy, it doesn't mean they're going to get the same opportunity and then have the same production when they're out there on the field. So assuming health, I like Holcomb more just because I've seen him have a higher ceiling in terms of those big plays and tackles. You know, his rookie year, he had a really nice year, over 100 combined tackles, had a couple big plays. Hurt in 2020, 2021, you mentioned like that career year that he had. It was just a great year. Last year, he was hurt again. If he's going to be healthy, I think he fits really well. There's a style of linebacker that they like. Just what are you getting out of him? And it's really hard to say. Yeah, and I'm not really sure he's that style, particularly that you're talking about. At least the only style I can get out of my head is Shazir, which was like the last perfect Pittsburgh linebacker that unfortunately was hurt. So. Yeah, I, I just have – I'm having a hard time. But, again, I mean, these are both players right here. Whether you're looking at them, I don't think either either one, me or Craig, are looking at these guys as more linebacker three, linebacker four, some depth. I mean, it's so risky. Somebody's going to break out. Cole Holcomb think? will probably be drafted before I'd be comfortable drafting him. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if I had, it was more likely to leave – a draft with one of the two, it, it would probably be Roberts just because he's going later. And like you said, the opportunity is like the same for both of them. Well, again, as we wrap this up before uh, Craig takes us out, I want to remind everybody that we're going to have those uh, leagues coming out of breast awareness as satellite leagues. I hope you guys get into that SGPN. I mean, for free entry SGPN is chipping in a $25 free gift card for these winners of these leagues, besides the fact that you'll get into the main event next year with the uh, cash prizes and such. So please, if you're on Twitter, check that out. Uh, keep an eye on the uh, IDP pro players and managers pods and all of our guys' accounts and uh, make sure you join one of those free or please feel free to donate and help out the breast cancer and uh, cancer awareness calls. Thank you. That's going to do it for us. Another great show as always, Gary. We'll be back next week with the NFC North talking Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings, oh my, or whatever it used to be. Was that that from the Wizard of Oz? I can't remember. I'm getting old. Well, I'm just trying to hope that I get the right intro next week. So we'll (laughs) we'll start with that and go from there, brother. But we'll be back. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Again, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe if you have not already. Have a great weekend. Have a great 4th of July. Be safe. Do not pull a JPP out there, everybody. And we will see you next week.